up to Mark chapter 1. Mark chapter 1. And I want to read uh, verses 21 through 28 here. Hallelujah. It says, Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath he entered the synagogue, or church, and taught, Jesus did. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. Now there was a man in their synagogue, or church, with an unclean spirit, a demon. And he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned among themselves, saying, What is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, or demons, and they obey him. And immediately his fame, Jesus' fame, spread throughout all the region around Galilee. Now, go down the road a little bit in the New Testament to Ephesians chapter 6. Say warfare. Oh, <laughs> we're too passive. We're too passive in the body of Christ. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. And it says this, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. Stand, therefore, having girded uh, your waist with truth, having... So you don't trip over the lies. Hello, somebody. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, say above all. Taking the shield of faith with which you are able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. And take the helmet of salvation. And the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer or all kinds of prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. Now, something with the armor that just jumped out to me, notice it's there, it's covering your front. We as Christians are to be on the offensive. Too many Christians are turning their backs and running away from the devil. Are you hearing me? There's no back armor here. This means that we are to be on the offensive. Be on the offensive. Go after them. In 2 Timothy 
2.3, the word of God refers to Christians as soldiers for Jesus Christ. Now, because it refers to us as soldiers, we must then be in a war on this earth. Or else it wouldn't refer to us as Christians as soldiers. Right? But it's not a war in the natural or in the seen realm, what you can see. But in the spiritual realm. And the reason that many Christians don't take this spiritual battle seriously is because there are too many carnal believers who are more fleshly conscious and driven more than Holy Ghost conscious and driven by the Spirit. Now, have you ever heard the phrase, out of sight, out of mind? Out of sight, out of mind. Because they are more focused on things in the natural, they neglect the warfare that's taking place all around them in the spirit realm. We have to be more conscious of the spiritual realm. I mean, really, uh, the spiritual, mature Christian, that's the person who is more, the spirit realm is more real to them than what you see in the natural. Because really, what you see in the natural is what's, is a manifestation of what's happening in the spiritual. Think about that. But spiritually speaking, right now, I, I mean, I know it's, it's been like this, I mean, for over 2,000 years, but spiritually speaking, I, I really feel right now we are in a season of very heavy spiritual warfare. Very heavy warfare. Nearly every Christian I come in contact with, you know, they're telling me, man, I'm just getting attacked so heavy. It's so heavy coming against me right now. Now, I'm talking about the believers who are serious about moving forward with the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who I'm talking about. The ones who are really serious, the ones who are pressing in, there's warfare, right? I'm not just talking about the ones who are on cruise control, giving in to the lust of the flesh all the time. I'm talking about those who are serious about the Lord. The enemy is, is trying to trip us up. And, and specifically in this region, I mean, the enemy knows there's an outpouring coming to this place. You know what I'm saying? He, he knows that there's good things in store. So, on one hand, it stinks that we're dealing with this spiritual battle. On the other hand, praise the Lord, we got the devil's attention. We got hell's attention. I love that. We see, we shouldn't shun away from this stuff. We need to press in even harder. When the attacks come, press in even harder. Don't give the devil pleasure. Of backsliding and falling away. Baloney. Give it to him. Speak the word. Be a doer of the word. Set the captives free. Lay hands on the sick. Come on, somebody. Give it to hell where it hurts. Amen. Hallelujah. So... Satan has increased, the enemy has increased his attacks. He's trying to hinder the move of God. And and I'm not just saying it's just going to happen here. It's going to happen around the whole earth. Amen? 
I believe there's a move that, that this earth has not seen yet. The last move, the last revival of the Holy Ghost that's going to happen. The end time harvest here. Amen? We haven't seen anything yet. We haven't seen anything yet. So today I want to give you a few keys on how to be an effective soldier for Jesus Christ in God's army. How many of you in this place are in God's army? All right. Hallelujah. We need to be effective. Amen? So number one, how to be an effective soldier for Jesus Christ? You must know who your enemy is. You got to know who your enemy is. It, it would be foolish to send a, a soldier into battle without them knowing who they're fighting against. Amen. First Peter 5.8 says this. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary or enemy, the devil... Anything associated with the devil's kingdom is your enemy, or should be. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Be sober and be vigilant. What's he talking about? He says, wake up. Don't be deceived here. You're in a battle, all right? You're in a battle. Wake up. Say, wake up. Nudge your neighbor, say, wake up. Hit your neighbor, say, this is good preaching. The word of God calls the devil your adversary, your enemy. And he's seeking whom he may. Say may. may. You have a pen, pencil, underline the word may. Whom he may devour. In other words, whoever is not sober, whoever is not vigilant in the body of Christ, he's going to devour you. You're giving the devil devil an open invitation to attack you if you're not being alert and open to what he's doing in your life. And, And this is very important to know your weaknesses. <laughs> hey, what are your weaknesses? Listen. What are your weaknesses? The devil's not going to tempt you with homosexuality if that's not a weakness in your life. Hello? Because, I mean, that's not going to work on a lot of people. Amen? What are your weaknesses? You need to know what your weaknesses are and you need to strengthen yourself in those areas, all right? Those are the uh, clinks in your armor there. Those are some gaps that need to be filled. Amen? All right? So the enemy has tactics to draw you and I away from the Lord Jesus Christ. And Satan and evil spirits, they have done a great job wonderful job of going undercover and operating freely in the lives of Christians. Are you hearing me? Why? Why do I say undercover? Well, because there's a nasty rumor going around that deliverance is not for the Christian. But for an unbeliever? A child of the devil? A person who rejects Jesus Christ? You mean they have more of a benefit of deliverance than 
a child of God? In covenant? Through the Lord Jesus Christ? Are you hearing me, somebody? So the enemy has really done a wonderful job of going undercover. So, you know, what are we dealt with? Well, the churches are filled with people who are bound with bondages. All right? They're bound, a lot of them are bound with evil spirits. Did I say every Christian? I, I didn't say that. But are there some? Oh, yeah. Is it a bigger number what, than what some would admit? Yes. Yes, indeed. Working 10 years in the deliverance ministry. I'm not talking kooky stuff. It's word. Amen. Amen. 10 years in the deliverance ministry. Listen, I've never, Elizabeth and I have never had someone who rejected Jesus Christ, who didn't want to live for him, who didn't love him. I never had a person like that come and seek us for deliverance ministry. But who has it been? It's been those Christians who are, who have bondages in their lives. They struggle. They, they want to be set free. They love the Lord with all their heart. They have compulsions that are overwhelming more than the usual compulsions. Come on. And they want freedom. Those are the ones who seek the deliverance ministry. Amen. So, in, in, a, in a big sense, the enemy has gone undercover. And, and because of this, there's a lot of leaders in the body of Christ that just won't talk about this area. Well, there's also a nasty rumor that goes around saying, well, you know, if you talk about Satan, if you talk about evil spirits, you're bringing glory to them. Since when are you bringing glory to the devil when you're coming from a biblical perspective, speaking about the blood of Jesus, speaking about how to get free from them? Hello, somebody. I mean, that, that thinking is just, well, stupid. Amen? All right. So we need to set, I mean, the church as a whole is not healthy right now. I mean, talking the body of Christ. Would you agree with that? The the church as a whole is not healthy. And if it's not healthy, it's not going to function like it's supposed to function. And we're not going to do the works that Jesus has called us to do. The greater works. John 14, 12. Amen? Go to Acts 10. Acts 10. Like I said before, it would be good for you to even, in your own devotional time, get a pen, a pen and a paper and write down what are your weaknesses. Be brutally honest with yourself. And, and it, it can be between you and God, right? But it is good to confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed, right? Now, the problem is, the sad thing is, it's not good to tell everybody your junk. Because simply put, you can't trust everyone with your junk. Isn't that a sad day in the body of Christ? I mean, it, it should be. Oh, I mean, it, it should be okay to go to anyone who is a follower of Jesus Christ and say, look, I have this bondage in my life. I really need you to help me and pray for me. You know what I'm saying? But the sad thing is, you can't. And I don't know what to tell you except for pray and ask the Lord who you can trust and you will know in your heart. Amen? I mean, you, well, 
if you're in here, you can trust me and Elizabeth for starters, right? All right, Acts 10, 38. Uh, it says this. It says, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, how can we do the works of Jesus as Christians if we ignore the very enemy that Jesus confronted on a daily basis in his earthly ministry? I mean, I mean, you, you can just read through the Gospels. I mean, this verse, many verses. When Jesus was in his earthly ministry, and he is our example, right? He's the head of the church. We are part of his body. We are to be doing the works of Jesus. And you know what? Jesus didn't avoid the topic of the devil and evil spirits and deliverance and healing. Never. He was very bold about it. So if you're going to ignore the enemy, you are going to be very ineffective as a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are going to be a very ineffective soldier for Jesus Christ. And frankly, you're going to get your tail kicked. Some of you are now, all right? And that's why the Holy Ghost has prompted me to preach this message. Get you back on track, amen? Now, listen to this. How can some Christians, how can they take Satan and evil spirits seriously if they allow their children to dress up like the devil and demons and go out trick-or-treating? Huh? I mean... You know, dressing them up with a pitchfork and horns. I mean, it's gotten to the point in this world system that we have made evil look cute and harmless. We can laugh at it. The very devil that is motivating people to murder people, rape people, molest people. Now that's glorifying the devil. Not exposing him for who he is. Are you hearing me? Come, on, I'll just. There's too much Hollywood in the body of Christ. There's too much of Hollywood in the body of Christ. Amen. All right, lead balloons. All right. Um, but listen. You know, in the cartoons, you know, that glorify witchcraft, blah, 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 and all this junk. All this is doing is desensitizing people and their children to the devil and evil, our spiritual enemy, the bad guy. It is desensitizing them. Now, some people say, you know, when they hear... Me preaching like this or other pastors. Oh, man, you, you guys are just overboard. You're overboard. Well, you know what? I don't think so. Because the, the, if that's the case, then you're calling the Bible overboard. You know, I, I, just, I, I just get this sinking feeling that, that God is not up there chuckling watching Harry Potter. No. That, that's a lie from the pits of hell. 
All right. But how can some Christians take Satan seriously and in evil spirits seriously if they go to a church that never teaches about them and their tactics? Like I said in a, in a sermon before, I mean, it's like, um, it's, it's like our military, you know, they, 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 an instructor comes in, you know, to a group of guys and girls in the, in the military in the classroom and says, today we're going to learn about our enemy. They say, no, we don't want to learn about the enemy. Let's talk about Obama. Let's, let's just, come on. Now listen, okay, let me, let me just cut this myth right now in the body of Christ. Jesus is not offended when we talk about the devil. How else are we supposed to advance the kingdom of God on this earth? In fact, advancing the kingdom of God on this earth is in direct proportion to stopping Satan's kingdom from advancing. And if you're going to stop Satan's kingdom, you need to know some of the tactics he uses. In your life personally, in the lives of others, and in ministries, churches, hello. Amen? 2 Corinthians 2.11, listen to this. It said, lest Satan, or unless, Satan should take advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. You know what? I bet the apostles and disciples talked about the devil. They weren't ignorant of his devices. Now, the context of this, I gave you a little piece of it, but the context before this verse, it's talking about bitterness and unforgiveness and how that is a tactic, good word today, from Sister Nancy about unforgiveness. Amen? That is one tactic. Say one. That's one tactic. But it's, there's divide, notice it's plural here. Not ignorant of his or Satan's devices. It is just simply a biblical principle. If we are ignorant or are lacking knowledge on Satan's devices, he will get an advantage over you. Yea, as a Christian. As a Christian, Hosea 4, 6 says that God says this, my people, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is not bliss in the kingdom of God. Ignorance is foolishness. And there's no reason to be ignorant. We have everything we need to know right here. And then we have the Holy Ghost to illuminate these things. We have the discernment of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, Have you ever been in, you were going to get involved in something and just on the inside you didn't have peace about going through with this thing. It just something didn't feel right. You know what that is or who that is? Congratulations, you just met the Holy Ghost. And there's some Christians that need to meet the Holy Ghost. Some Christians are saying, man, I I didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. Just like in Acts 19, 
Paul said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, we, you know, hey, uh, we, you know, we, had, we didn't even know there was a Holy Ghost. But congratulations, you just found out one of the major ways how the Holy Ghost will lead you through the inward witness. If it don't feel right, come on. And, and quite often, your first inclination about an individual or something, you just don't have that peace. Quite often, not always, but most of the time it's right. Now, how do, you, how do you really keep in tune to know that you can trust your inward man here when you're feeling that? You want to know how? By feeding on the word of God. See, if you're a backslidden Christian and you never get into the word of God, you never get into the presence of God in prayer, you might not necessarily trust your inward man. Because you can, like I talked about last week, you're, you can get to the point where your conscience is seared. Where you can do something, you know it's wrong, but it just doesn't bother you much anymore. It's become such a habit in your life. Pornography. Addic- addictions of any kind. Any kind. Where that's the danger of if you don't if you don't obey that first check and you just cross that boundary line and you keep doing it, guess what? Every time you cross that line, it gets easier to sin. Gets e- you, ever, you notice that? It just gets easier. And, oh, hey, yeah. And pretty soon you get to the point where you're starting to justify it in your, in your heart. Well, I can look at it just one more time and then I'll get on my knees and say a quick prayer and repent. Well, I can do it one more time. Click. God, forgive me for looking at that. Click. God, forgive me for looking at that. It's a cycle. And it needs to be broken in the name of Jesus. Amen? It needs to be broken. So, a lack of knowledge. Ignorance is not bliss in the realm of the Spirit and in the kingdom of God. Now, as far as, I mean, this, this, these kind of things need to be taught in churches. And not only does it need to be taught, it needs to be caught. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Some things, I, I don't know, some, some of you will understand what I'm saying. Some things in the body of Christ from, from the Word of God, some things they need to be taught and some things need to be caught. You, just chew on it. Just, you'll, you'll find out what I'm talking about, in, you know, somewhere down the road. All right? And... Uh, but anyways, I'm tired of hearing people use the excuse of, I feel more comfortable in a non-spirit-filled church. You ever, come on. Now, now, why am I going to this? Some of you are saying, Pastor, we're sitting in, in your church here this morning. Why are you telling me? Because there's people watching around the world that God wants to talk to right now and minister to. Because they're too busy sitting in their comfort zones. Come on, somebody. Comfort zones are nothing but a big trap of the devil. First of all, your comfort level should not be the determining factor of where you go to church. You better go to a church where the full word of God is being taught and the Holy Spirit is welcome. The manifestations, which I mean, what I mean by that, the gifts of the Spirit are encouraged. Are you hearing me? 
Not where you're silenced. Amen. We need to be in this kind of atmosphere. And if you are simply uncomfortable with the truths from God's word, you need to be stretched. You need to be stretched. It's not always comfortable. Come on. It's not comfortable process when it cuts into your unscriptural traditions. Amen. I'm talking to somebody out there. I'm talking to somebody out there. It might be a year later you're watching this online, but I'm talking to someone out there. Amen? We need to be stretched. We need, it, it is a hard thing. It is a hard thing to kill those sacred cows in our life. Amen? Especially when, you know, knee high to a grasshopper, you were raised one way. And, and then you're confronted with truth. It's a head scratcher at first, isn't it? And the first inclination is, oh, well, you know, hey, you know, I, I wasn't taught that, you know, there's no way that mommy or daddy could have been wrong, right? There's no way, come on. But these, see, these are all issues that people have to work through in their heart to come to the fullness in God. You've got to work through it in your heart. So be open to what the Holy Spirit is doing. Be open to go to a Spirit-filled church if you're not. Amen? Uh, So, you need to get planted in a church where you can grow spiritually. All right? Not run away from it. Don't run away from it. But stay in that place. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. I'm telling you. I'll just make. I, I tell people now. I say, you know, I tell some people when they say, well, you know, I've been thinking about coming to, you know, RCC here and all that. I'm like, okay, great, you know, but, you know, I I just don't know. And I tell people, I'm like, you know what? Come for four, six weeks in a row. Just, I, I, you know, the first few weeks, maybe I'm going to get under your skin and I'm going to love it. I I, I know it. I'm going to get under your skin. You're going to think, who's this guy think he is talking like this? Bringing up such issues. Being so bold about this. But I guarantee you, if they sit here for an amount of time and they're faithfully coming, it's not long. It's the work of the Holy Ghost, people. It's not about a man. It's, It's because the Holy Spirit's welcome. And when you're in this place, you're submitting yourself to the Holy Ghost. That's all it is. I mean, come on, people. This is not that hard. Anybody can get up here and, and put together a sermon and, and, and read a scripture, blah, blah, blah. Guarantee you, someone's lives would be changed just from reading the word. Someone else getting up here. Yeah. Say, can't get out up here, you know, read this, blah, blah, blah. Just kind of talk to the people about this. If the Holy Spirit's here, people's lives are going to be changed. Yeah. That's all it's about. It's all about yielding your heart and life to the Holy Ghost. Yeah. That's where victory's at. Amen. Hallelujah. So allow yourselves to be stretched. All right. Study the word of God for yourself. Don't ride on mom and dad's grandma and grandpa's faith strings. All right. Because that excuse won't fly on judgment day. It won't fly on judgment day. You're a big boy now. You're a big girl now. Amen. 
And listen, if a person is not motivated enough to seek the truth on their own, I, I question their sincerity and dedication to the Lord Jesus Christ. Seriously. I mean, if there's a dedication there, if there's a love, if there's a devotion there, you're going to love the word of God. And you're going to try, want to find these truths out for yourself. And you're not going to take it just from false teachings on the internet by doing a Google or Yahoo search, you know. Uh, I'm telling you, a lot of these Google and Yahoo searches spiritually have, have, have led a lot of people astray. Now, think about it. Don't you, I mean, don't you think that the enemy is going to try to get in, you know, the World Wide Web, boy. You know, I know a lot of people's going to go there and they're going to try to find answers. So guess what I'm going to do, the devil says. I'm going to put all these negative things about these topics that they're trying to find truth on. And they're going to be the first ones. They're going to read them. And guess what? They're going to get turned off by, by spiritual things. They're going to get turned off by people like Benny Hinn. They're going to get turned off people like Kenneth Copeland and all these other people that are preaching truth. Come on. It's true. All right? So, if you're being honest with yourself today, you will agree with that statement. That if you're not motivated to seek the truths on your own, you got to question your sincerity and love and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Each and every one of us is, is responsible and expected by God to search these truths out. To know them. To live them. And not only that, but to proclaim them to others. Yeah. Hebrews 5 said, hey, by now, you ought to be teachers. Right. You ought, Hey, by now, come on. You ought to be at the place where you can take it through. Someone comes up to you, you should be able to teach. By now, someone comes up to you and says, man, can you tell me a little bit about the Holy Ghost baptism and, and lead me to that experience? You should be able to do it. Right? Healing, deliverance, the Holy Spirit baptism, praying in tongues, spiritual gifts. We need these truths in our lives. We need to live them, know them, proclaim them to others. Now, I say those, those topics in particular because those, those are the topics that are really the division line in the body of Christ. I mean, you take those topics denominations have split because of those things really the body of christ has split because of those things and let me tell you and i'll say it again i'll say it until i take my last breath on this earth someone's right and someone's wrong we all can't be right someone's right and someone's wrong so get into the word Amen? I mean, if the word of God in 1 Corinthians 14, 39 says not to forbid tongues, why are you going to a church that forbids the operation of it or doesn't believe it? I'm talking to someone. I'm talking to someone. Come on. Well, I'm not here to be liked. I'm here to be a soldier for Christ. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. That really, I mean, that, that's really kind of freeing for a pastor. This is fun. All I do is sit here and proclaim the word, and it's up to you guys to do it. Yeah. 
right? But I mean, but you know, hey, I got my own personal walk. I, I, a pastor, a minister, we have to be concerned about our, per, our own personal life, right? So I'm not, we're not exempt from that. But I love preaching. Amen? Hallelujah. So if you're going to be an effective soldier for Jesus Christ, you need to be strengthened by not only feeding on the milk of the word, but also going on to the meat of the word. All right? And there's a lot of Christians that are choking on the meat of the word and rejecting it. All right? Next, to be an effective soldier for Jesus Christ in God's army, you must be obedient to your captain. 2 Corinthians 10. 2 Corinthians 10. Second Corinthians 10, 4 through 6 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, or not in the natural, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, say every, every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, bringing into captivity, bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What is that talking about? That means that any thought that comes through your mind, you should be, really, we should be in the word enough. To where the word of God's going to filter out the junk that goes through your mind. Think about that now. You know, a filter. A filter. Thoughts are passing through your mind. Think of, think of how many thoughts pass through a person's mind every day. Now, if the filter of the word is there, it's a very fine screen. Because narrow is the way. Hello, somebody. But wide is the path to destruction, the Bible says, right? But the filter of God's word is very, that screen is very, very narrow, very tight. So when something, when the devil pops a thought in your mind, oh, here comes that thought, what are you going to do with it? Is it going to get filtered out and kicked out, or is it going to pass right on through? Listen, our thought life directly affects our actions. There. There is not one thing you have done. There's not one thing you're ever going to do in your life that has not at one point crossed your thought life. How we live our life is in direct proportion to our thought life. Well, the question is then, what are you feeding your mind? What are you feeding your mind? Now, do you know that if a soldier goes into battle with thoughts of defeat... Or, I mean, not only just a soldier, but anybody. When you, when you go into something with thoughts of defeat, you, you're going to go in that direction. That's going to directly, uh, that, that's going to affect your actions. Right? You're not going to perform effectively in the battle. And you know what? Here, listen. Satan and demonic spirits, they know the importance of the thought life. Sadly to say, they know it better than many Christians. Let me remind you how the enemy operates. Some of you need to hear this. The enemy will throw a thought into your mind. 
and evil, perverted. A thought basically that's contrary to the word of God, contrary to the will of God. All right? Now, those thoughts that Satan and evil spirits throw into your thought life are called fiery darts, according to Ephesians 6. All right? Now, what we do with those thoughts determines if you step over the line of sin. Because did you know that temptation is not sin? If it was, that means that Jesus sinned. Because it says he was tempted. But the temptation is not sin. It's what you do with the temptation. Alright, you following me? So some believers take hold of these fiery darts and they meditate on them. They, 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 I mean, they study these things. They, they, in fact, they'll take fiery darts from the enemy and now they'll start to add their own thoughts with it. They'll make the, they'll start to make them bigger. Man, because what was the enemy trying to do? He was trying to stir up your flesh. Some people just say the foolish things sometimes, you know, you, about, oh, you know, oh, they can't have demon spirits. Well, it's just the, fe- uh, the flesh. The Bible talks about the works of the flesh. I'm like, hello, the enemy works through the flesh. The flesh is the devil's playground. Hello. Amen. All right. So they take hold of these things. They meditate on them. They, they make them bigger than what they are. They take hold of them. Now, and then, and then people, they'll commit terrible acts. People have committed murder, rape, molestation, even commit suicide, taking their own life because they have taken hold of Satan's fiery darts. And that's all, the enemy's just trying to tickle your flesh. Say that, say Satan, Satan. is trying, trying to tickle my flesh. Say, I'm not going to let him do it anymore. I'm going to recognize it. I'm not going to be deceived. Now, the problem is, if someone's not abiding in the word, those fiery darts are pleasurable. And they don't want to get rid of them. Amen? All right. But all of these acts, uh, terrible acts, can be traced back to a person's thought life. I guarantee you, all right? Uh, you know, hey, in fact, some of you, many of these people who have committed these acts, they, they'll say, I heard a voice tell me to do it. Huh? You ever heard that before? You ever heard someone, they're interviewing someone in prison or something like that, and they say, a voice just told me to murder, blah, blah, blah. A voice just told me to do this thing. Well, now, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out where the voice came from. Hello? Satan and evil spirits. They know that if they're going to throw you off course, the first thing they're going to look at, the first thing they're going to come at, I guarantee you, is right here, your thought life. And that's why the Bible says, renew your mind. You, we have to renew our mind. Yes, after we're saved. Your spirit man, your spirit man gets saved. You have to renew your mind. We have to renew our mind. Or else you're going to fall back into the same junk. I, 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 I seen a, a post on Facebook. Someone put a quote from somebody. I'm trying to remember. It was so good. It says, 
It says, if you as a believer don't have a new relationship with sin, you don't have a new relationship with God. Because if you have a relationship with God, your relationship to sin is going to be a whole lot different than before you came to Christ. Oh man, that's powerful. Think about that. By your fruits, you'll know them. Joshua 1.8. Go there with me. Oh, isn't that powerful? If you have a new relationship with God, you should have a new relationship with sin. You should hate it. Glory to God. In fact, your love for God is in direct proportion to your hatred to sin. My goodness. Don't stop me now. All right. Joshua 1, 8 and 9. It says this. It says, this book of the law. What's it talking about? It's talking about the word of God. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong. Come on, soldiers. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed or discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, the meditation. Remember I told you last week that there's... there's Biblical meditation, which God ordained from the beginning of time, right? For us. Then there's the demonic meditation, which is transcendental meditation. What they do in yoga, what they do in the New Age, which occultists, witches, and all that junk that, that they're doing in that. So the law of meditation will work for good, and it can also work for evil, Right? What are you meditating on? What are you meditating on? It's interesting here that meditation is in connection with speaking. You know the Hebrew word here that's, that's translated meditate literally means to mutter, to speak. There's power in our words. What's coming out of your mouth? What's coming out of your mouth? Amen? So, I mean, so meditation, it really, it's a spiritual law. Just like uh, faith. I mean, faith is a spiritual law, right? It, it can be for bad or it can be for good. Well, what's the bad side of faith? Fear. Fear is just faith in the, in the devil's stuff. Right? Fear. All right? So, so, we need to be obedient. Watch what's coming out of your mouth. You know something, and you know what? It's connected because your thought life, what's going to come out of your mouth, began in your thought life. I, I mean, it's simple. I wish I could be a little more deep on that to sound smarter, but uh, I can't. All right. Um, so, be obedient to your captain, the Lord Jesus Christ. Cast down those evil thoughts and every high thing that exalts itself against the word of God. 2 Timothy 2.4, listen to this. It says this. It says, no one engaged in warfare entangles himself with the affairs of this life or this evil world system. 
that he may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. In other words, if you are entangled with the things of this life, you are not pleasing to the Lord Jesus Christ. Notice the word entangled. You you know what the other word is for that? A synonym? Bondage. You You can get in bondage to the things of this world. All right? The word entangled carries with it the notion of being in bondage to something. It is, it, and, and it's possible to be so worldly minded that you're no spiritual good for the kingdom of God. And, and there's a lot of people in the body of Christ like that. Amen? If you're more worldly minded than spiritually minded as a Christian, you have disqualified yourself from being effective against Satan and evil spirits. It's a spiritual war, guys. Now listen, I, I want, I'm going to tell you something kind of deep here, all right? And uh, because a lot of people are ignorant about this whole realm in the spirit, okay? Um, did you know there are people who are in the occult that they are... Always, well, I'm just, this is deep stuff, people, all right? And I want to tell you this because I want to tell you that this is serious stuff and we need to be more diligent. There's people who, in the occult and stuff, who who fast and pray to the devil for weeks, months, and we can't even do it for one day. We can't even stay for prayer meeting for an hour. Yet we got these occultists who are very loyal to their Lord, the devil. Are you hearing me? Anyways, I was talking to this one individual uh, on Facebook one time, chatting with them. And this individual, she's a believer now, loves the Lord, and she used to be in the occult. And she was telling me that there are people in the occult who will actually astral project out of their body. If there's someone that they have an assignment against, someone that they want to curse, they astral project out of their body, and they, and, and they send out what they call watchers, watchers, demon spirits to these individuals, and they're waiting for those individuals to sin and to, and to fall and looking for a crack to send a curse into their life. Pretty deep stuff, isn't it? Yuck is right. But you know, I have been, I mean, the, the Lord has really put a burden on me to, to really know this stuff. How do we come against this stuff? Are you hearing me? I, I'm telling you, we, in the body of Christ, things, things are, they've been too shallow. Too shallow. No wonder that so many Christians are getting their butts kicked. Come on. I mean, these Satanists, these, these witches, warlocks, they're doing all this junk in the name of Satan. Let me tell you something else. This lady also said, and, and, and I know the Holy Ghost was, was speaking to me through this woman, I'm telling you. Because she said, she goes, Pastor James, I'm going to tell you this right now. When I was in the occult and I was in a coven, a group of occultists, she said, we would send people 
into local churches to get planted in there. And, and their assignment was to destroy the ministry. Their mission was to destroy the church. Their mission was to send someone in to have the pastor fall morally. Their mission was to come in and just destroy the ministry. They're called plants. How many of you knew that? How many of you have ever thought of that? See? Only, only a few. Now, don't tell me... I, hey, listen. I, I know the Holy Spirit. Don't tell me... That the enemy is not going to try to send people into this place. With the move of God, with the issues that I talk about from the pulpit. There's no way. See, those occultists, they don't have to send any plants over to the United Church that that openly uh, embraces homosexuality. They don't have to do it. They, they don't have to do it with, where, where pro-choice is, is an okay option from their point of view over there. Yeah, I said their name. <laughs> you know, I believe if Jesus was here in the flesh or the Apostle Paul, I think they'd do the same thing. You know what they'd say? Stay away from that place. It's a den of devils. Hello, somebody. Now, now, if someone gets mad at me for saying that, if someone's going to get mad at me for saying the name of a church that embraces this stuff and tell people to stay away, that's your problem. There's a devil operating through that person who gets mad at that. You hearing me? But anyways, these things... That you, you can, now you can see the strategicness of the occult in the, in, in the devil's kingdom. Hello? The strategies that they set in place. And what do most Christians do? They come in, you know, hey, you know, after living like the devil all week. Hey, you know, sing a couple songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, let's go. No wonder Satan's kingdom is so advanced on this earth. No wonder. No wonder. Why, why? Why? Why many pulpits? They're, you know, it's it's a three part sermon from Guidepost Magazine. I, you know, we need to go deeper. We need more strategy. We need more order. We need to know. I, I'm, I'm so glad the Holy Spirit used that woman to tell me these things. And now that she told me, I felt led to tell you, pray for discernment. Pray for discernment. We've got to. We've got to. It's quite a rabbit trail that I didn't have in my notes, but... Uh, Ah, uh, you know, I, uh, and, and that just, you know, and before this lady talked to me about this stuff, the Lord was dealing with me about this. 
I mean, he's been dealing with me about this, uh, of, you know, the tactics of the enemy, those who are in the occult and stuff. We have got to be on guard. We have got to press in. And, and if we don't, if we, you know, choose to, you know, avoid gathering together, avoid prayer, they're going to win in this church. Are you hearing me? I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go full strength, but, but I'm just one person. We need the body to come together in this. We need the body to come together in this. We need to look out for each other. We need to protect each other. So to be an effective soldier, you must endure hardness. Fight hard. Use your authority in Christ. And we need to take warfare seriously. Look, you know, I'd encourage you guys, go out and and get some books on spiritual warfare. I mean, if you want to know some authors, come to me. You know, if you want some ideas for books, I mean... Come to me. I mean, but I'm really feeling, I mean, we need to pick it up here on spiritual warfare. It's just, we, it's, we've been too lax. Amen? Second Timothy, this is my last passage and we're done. Second Timothy 2, 3. All right. It says, You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. A good soldier for Jesus Christ is going to endure. Endure hardship. A good good soldier will never give up, even when the attacks don't seem to let up. Now, are there going to be times where discouragement is going to try to come upon you? Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely. I'm not saying that, you know, that that's never going to happen. Absolutely. But you don't have to stay there. Don't stay there. Because I don't know if you know it or not, but I read the back of the book. We win. Hey, and all we got to do, all we got to do is don't throw in the towel. What we have to do is even when we don't feel like it, Use the name of Jesus and tell the devil to get out of your house, get out of your family, get out of your marriage. Amen? Use your authority. Use it. And don't give up. Well, pastor, I tried rebuking him once and it's still there. Don't give up. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's authority in the name of Jesus. And the whole spirit realm knows that authority. They know it. It's like a policeman. It's like a policeman. You know? I mean, all he's got to do is just show his badge. And the per- person straight oh, yes, officer? <laughs> all right. He has authority, and it's recognized. It's recognized. Mike, state cop, he has authority law-wise in the whole state of Michigan, right? Well, you as a Christian, you have authority you have a, come on. The whole spirit realm knows it. And, and they might, hey, there might be times, thank you, Lord, Lord, you just brought this to me with like a plea. Hey, there might be some, some chases, amen. <laughs> they might try to resist arrest. They might try to, come on, 
get put up a fight. But Jesus three times had to speak the word. It is written. It is written. If Jesus had to do it three times, come on. Don't give up after the first time. Get, here's what you need to do. I'm serious. Get mad at the devil. Get angry at the devil. Smith Wigglesworth, I'm trying to think of the exact words, but he said somewhere along the lines of, he goes, I don't know and can't think of how God could use anyone that is not angry at the devil. You look through the word of God when Jesus was in his earthly ministry. He was mad at Satan and evil spirits. He rebuked them. That word rebuke means it was a sharp rebuke. Get mad at the devil. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Be ruthless against the enemy. You need to hate them with everything you have. So the authority that Jesus has given us as Christians... Isn't any good though, unless it is used and we boldly walk in it. Get mad at the devil. That hatred that you have toward that person, put it on the devil. Transfer it now. Amen? So let's get busy advancing God's kingdom by being good and effective soldiers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Let's stand in this place. Warfare is on my mind this week. Warfare. And that's not taking anything away from the Lord Jesus Christ. He's always there, amen? But we are his hands and feet. He had warfare on his mind, I got it on my mind. Now, maybe there's someone in here, you're a child of the devil. Because you have never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You're on the losing side. You're on the losing team. And also, maybe there's someone in here, you're backslidden. And if you died right now, you don't know. You don't know, you don't know if you take your, if you would be in heaven or in hell. You just don't have the assurance. And I'm telling you right now, eternity is a long time and it's irrevocable. The moment you take your last breath on this earth, it's done done nobody's going to pray you out of hell no there's no purgatory hello somebody if you've never made Jesus Lord of your life or if you want to rededicate to him today I want you to meet me over here by the drum set and I want to pray with you because you don't know when your time is up you don't know you could leave here today car accident boom done the flat liners on the screen And it's another spirit lost to the pits of hell for eternity. That's you. I want you to go over there. I want to pray with you. Maybe you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. If you want to learn more about that, ex- that biblical experience and receive the Holy Spirit baptism to be a powerful witness for Jesus. In many Christians' life, lives, that is the, that's the one thing. That's the one thing that is lacking. That's you. I want you to meet me by the drum set. If you need prayer for healing, deliverance, you have a bondage in your life, whatever it is, a prayer for a family member, I want you to meet me and Elizabeth over here. The rest of you worship the Lord as the music plays. If you want to come to the altar and seek the Lord, feel free.
just the way we're made to worship you freedom freedom in this place freedom in this and Dakota watching online right now. Hallelujah. Praise God. <laughs> I love it. In, in quotes here it says, we love you. <laughs> they, they love. We miss you guys so much. And uh, please pray for our baby because of complications. Baby for complications. Lily, well, well in the name of Jesus, whatever those complications are, stretch your hand toward that camera right there. <clears throat> I commit, whatever these complications are, whatever this infirmity is, we command it to leave, Lily, in the name of Jesus. I come against every evil spirit that would try to take advantage of that young girl, that baby's body right now. Go in Jesus' name. And I send right now from Big Rapids, Michigan to Tulsa, Oklahoma, the anointing of the Holy Ghost to flow through every part of Lily's body, soul, and spirit. And we declare that Lily is healed. We declare that she is blessed. In Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. All right. Everyone watching online, thank you so much. Next week, same time, same place, revivalchristian.org. God bless you. Hallelujah. All right, people. We have...